right, all right. Come on now, who's excited to be here this morning? Make some noise, yes. Come on. Man, you're looking good. In fact, look at the person sitting beside. Say, you look good today. Tell them, say, you look good. And look back at them and say, you don't look bad yourself. You know what I'm saying? Man, it's so good to see you guys. If this is your first time or first time in a long time, we want to welcome you uh, to the house. We want to welcome you to Better Life Church. And I'm telling you what, God is doing something amazing in this region. And he's expanding the influence here, what God is doing. And if you're visiting with us and may not know this, uh, but we are one church in two locations. This year we launched another campus in Grayson. Come on, can we get up for our Grayson campus? Yes. Love those guys. I mean, they're killing it. I mean, Pastor Aaron's doing amazing, amazing leading that campus. I'm telling you, it's, it's awesome to see what God's doing. We also want to take a moment to welcome our online campus. Everybody online as well. Thank you for tuning in all over the world. Today's a special day too. I got my family in from Virginia. What's up, girl? I see you over here. Yeah, watch out for my aunt. Girl, cray cray. I don't know where I get it from. But anyway, uh, so glad they're here visiting with us as well, you know, we're in this season called Christmas Cheer, this, this, uh, this series. And I'm telling you what, God is doing some great things. And if you missed last week, we talked about how do we have true Christmas joy, Christmas cheer. And we obviously know that starts by knowing Jesus. Today we're going to look at some things that may keep us from missing Christmas uh, in our life. And then next week, just want to make sure we're on the same page, uh, especially if you're visiting with us. Uh, next week we're doing up our, uh, take up our year-end offering. We do this all the time at the end of the year, and we usually figure out, know, and pray about, God, what do you want us to do? Uh, the year and the offerings have gone to buy this property, uh, to launch this campus, this building. Last year, we took up a year and offering that launched our Gracing campus. And I'm telling you what, the fastest way to reach people with the gospel is to start new work and new churches. And because of your generosity, we were able to launch an entire campus right now where there are one church in two locations and people are getting saved, families are being mended together, marriages are coming back together, addictions are being broken because of your generosity. And so next week, uh, again, we do this at the end of every year. We take up a year in offering. It's above and beyond your thoughts. So here's what I ask you to do as your pastor. Just pray, listen to Jesus, whatever he tells you to do, do it. It's between you and him. It's not between you and me, you and the church. You just get before God and say, God, how would you want me to participate? And whatever he tells you, whatever he puts on your heart, that's what you do. Now, you may be asking, what are we going to be using the year and offering for? What is it going to? Because a lot of times we do missions and support, and we still do those things. Uh, but we're really excited uh, about this year because he here's what we plan on doing. We're going to take a portion of that offering and really go to enhance our online campus and experience. Folks, I don't know if you know this, and this is extremely humbling. But there are people all over the world every single week tuned in to see what God's doing right here in Eastern Kentucky. It blows me away. There are people all over our country who emails us, who writes us, who said how their lives have been changed and impacted because of what they have been doing every week. They tune in right here with us online. I talk about my family from Virginia. They got a whole group of people in Virginia that sit here and watch us every single Sunday. They tune in every single Sunday. Listen, we are reaching people all over the world, and so we have to be good stewards of that, understand the influence that God has given us, and we're going to increase our, how we broadcast and how we can get to more people. We have people in Indiana who comes and say, hey, I want to be part of Better Life Church. Can we start a Better Life group? Can we start bringing people into our homes and start inviting people to watch what God's doing? Folks, this is happening all over our country, and I'm so humble. I can't believe it, honestly that the influence has expanded, and through technology, we can do that. So we're going to increase that. We're going to enhance that uh, with part, part of the offering. Here's the second thing. I'm super, super stoked about this. Grayson, you better be super stoked and actually get up on your feet about this one as well. 
You know, we believe that we're going to fight young here. We're going to fight to stay young. We're going to reach the next generation. We're going to do everything in our power to continue to reach a generation that we're seeing now walk away from church when they get into college. Most teenagers, when they go off to college, they don't have mom and dad to talk to them or make them go to church anymore. They drop out of church. They quit church. They walk away from the church. And it's our responsibility to do everything we can to reach the next generation. I don't believe young people are the future of the church. I believe they're the church of today. They have a role today. God wants to use them today. And so with the part of this offering, sometime in the middle of next year, we're thinking about we're in the infancy stages. We're going to launch, you ready for this? Better Life Youth in Grayson. Come on now, somebody needs to get jacked up about that. (laughs) Folks, listen, I'm telling you, we would bust students in from Carter County. We do whatever it takes, and they are wide open. And I'm telling you what, y'all better watch out because that place is about to blow up, y'all. As we continue to reach, there's all kinds of students in around the region. And as we continue to reach them, God is going to do a great work and a great impact. So I want you to know that part of this offering goes to reach that generation. And yes, I mean, listen, just through technology like I'm preaching right now on Sunday morning, our pastor Jacob, our youth pastor, I'm telling you what, it's amazing. Hands down, the best youth pastor on the planet. He's going to be able to watch this, speak directly into our students' lives over in another county and the surrounding counties. That's how come we're one church, two locations to expand the influence. That gets me excited, y'all, and it has nothing to do with the coffee I drank this morning. I mean, that gets me jacked up. Because typically it takes three to four years before you launch that. They're about a year into it. We're going to be launching this. I'm telling you what, we're really, really, really excited. We're in the infancy stages, but we're planning that and we're making that move. And then the third thing I just want to share real quick, these are the three big, big things that we're looking at to uh, be part of and invest in, is back in November at our team member formal. Now, if you, if you might have saw that on Facebook and post about Team Member Formal, but basically what Team Member Formal is, is everyone who serves here at Bear Life Church in some capacity, we get together, we have a nice banquet, and we just say, thank you guys so much for all that you do. And this week back at, this, a couple weeks ago back at Team Member Formal, I shared with them the vision that I'm sensing for 2020. Now, 2020 is a great year to have a vision, right? It's a great year, like 2020 vision, like, duh, okay, like, like it's supposed to be. Like, it's the best time if you have a vision. I got a vision for my family, this 2020. I got a vision to lose 10 pounds. It's a great vision to have, y'all. I need that too. Right, so you've got this great grand vision, and 2020 is a great year to roll that out. And here's the vision. I shared this with them at Team Informer. I'm going to share with you today. Here, here's why I really sense that God. I really sense that God is calling us corporately, corporately as a church, to get before Him and seek Him into 2020. In fact, we've done it, now you're just like, well, you're a church, you're supposed to do it anyway. No, 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 there's something with intentionality specifically about every single one of us seeking God corporately as a body, as a community, as a church to say, God, what is next for us? What are you doing in our region? What can we do? How can we join you in your activity? And so what we plan to do, we're going to kick off a brand new series in January talking about seeking God. How do you seek God when you don't know what's next? How do I seek God when I'm about to graduate college, but I don't know what's next? How do I seek God and I'm in my 20s and I'm still single? I'm single again and I'm 40. How do I know what God wants me to do? How do I know if I should take that job or if I should build that or if I should move to that city? Like, what do you do? How do you seek God when you don't know what's next? That's what we're going to talk about going into 2020. And so portion of this offering, here's what we're going to do. We're going to set it aside. And we're going to say, God, speak to us. We're ready when you're ready. We're in position When you say go, we go. If you say give, we give. Whatever you have for us corporately as we seek Him. And we're going to lead through some intentional things as us, as we pray corporately together and we seek what God has for us. We've got a lot of great things planned as we start the new year. How do we get in position to say, God, speak. Your servants are listening. We are ready to move when you say move. We're ready to do whatever you say do. And we're in position waiting 
for God to speak. I believe that God will see that on my heart. I believe this. And he will see the faithfulness of his people, believing that he wants to do great things in this community and the communities around. And God will speak to us and say and tell us what's next. So we're going to get in position. That's what the whole kickoff of January is going to be about. That's what part of it's going to go to enhance and increase our campus capacity online. We're going to launch a youth in uh, Grayson. Super excited about that. And in other words, we're just going to say, God, we're ready to speak. When you say, let's go, we will go. And so I want you to be praying about that. God, how would you have me participate? What would you want me to do? Listen to Jesus and do whatever he tells us to do. That's what we're going to do. And so now we're going to back, jump back. That was a commercial break. Now we're going to jump back through this series called Christmas Cheer. And I know a lot of times, like, there's so many of us in this Christmas season, we actually can miss it. Like, do you know that so many people actually miss Christmas they miss the Christmas. How can you miss Christmas? You've got Santa Claus on every corner. You've got Christmas decoration, Christmas lights, Christmas tree, Christmas cards, Christmas clothes, like ugly sweater competitions. Like how can you miss Christmas? You know what I'm saying? But so many people miss Christmas. And on top of that, how could you miss Jesus? With all the signs that says Jesus is the reason for the season and all the nativity scenes. Like how can you miss Jesus? So for this, we're going to go back to our main passage in Luke chapter 2. So if you have your Bible, go to Luke chapter 2. And we're going to look at how do we not miss Jesus? Like how do we not miss Christmas and the Christmas cheer and the Christmas joy that Jesus brings? Because there's several groups of people actually miss Christmas. And we're going to look at those in just a moment. But we're going to start right here in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1. So if you're ready to get started, so let's go. All right, here we go, verse 1. Now in those days... What's those days? Back in the day, right back right before Jesus was born. Back in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus to register all the empire for taxes. Man, they've been paying taxes for a long time. Y'all know what I'm saying? This is back in the day, right? They've been paying taxes. And this was the first registration taken since Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone went to his own town to be registered. So where you were born, think about this. If this is your city, where you were born, you go back to that town to register yourself in the census so you could pay the appropriate taxes. Verse 4, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth into Galilee, Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was from the house and the family line of David. Let's stop right there because this is very important. Luke, who's a Gentile, how do you know if you're a Gentile? You're not a Jew. If you're not a Jew, you're considered a Gentile. Luke is a Gentile, the only one that we have authored of one of our, in our book, books in the Bible. He's a medical doctor, so he's really attention to details. And his whole point in Luke's in the book of Acts is to walk through this in a detailed manner. Luke wants his readers to know that our boy Joe here, stepfather of Jesus, Joseph, he wants us to know that he is from the house of David and from the bloodline of David and from the family of David. That's very important for us to know this, especially as the reader on this side, because we know that the Messiah, the Savior of the world, is to come from the bloodline of David, from the house of David, right? You remember David and Goliath? That, that's who I'm talking about. So he's to come from David. So Luke, as he does his whole study, he wants us to know that Joseph is from the house of David, and not only from the house of David, He's from the city, from the town of David, where he goes back to Bethlehem. Now, Joe would have been treated with royalty. Why? He's like, boy, he's a descendant of David. You know, King David, back in the Bible, David like killed thousands and ten thousands, slayed Goliath. That, that David, this is part of, this is like it's part of his family. 
So the city of Bethlehem and the people of Bethlehem would have treated Joseph with dignity and respect because of his lineage, because where he comes from. And Luke wants us to know that, or he wouldn't have put that in here, that he is from the bloodline of David. Verse 5. When he went to be registered with Mary, now a lot of times they went by themselves, but Mary, she's, you know, what to expect when expecting. He's on the third trimester. J baby Jesus is about to come here. And so Mary travels along with Joe. Could you imagine that, ladies? You're pregnant on the back of a donkey going to the, uh, you don't even want to imagine that, right? And so he went to register. Mary's with him, who was promised in marriage to him and was expecting a child, baby Jesus. Verse 6, while they were there, the time came for her to deliver the child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. Also, don't miss that. We want to know that Jesus had half-brothers and half-sisters. On from this morning, this was the firstborn son. And wrapped him in this cloth, laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Let's stop here and have a little Bible study again real quick. The inn is not like a hotel, motel, holiday inn. Some of you will pick up on that, that in a minute. That's not what he's talking about. Don't think of a commercial hotel where there's a sign, no vacancies in Jerusalem. That is not, or Bethlehem. That is not... This is not like the Good Samaritan who says, take them to the inn and I will pay for all of his bandages, his room, and his room and board, and his food. This is not the same thing. A, a first century home, and even today, 3,000 I mean, years before this, we can go back even today in the Middle East and you will see that these are some very you know, impoverished areas. And these homes, most people had a one-room home. And in a one-room home, this is where you would eat, sleep, family time. You would bring some of your animals in from outside if it was cold. In fact, you would sleep next to your animals because of the fur, and they would keep you warm. And a lot of times, there would be like if you walked in a house, you'd walk, there's a platform, and then there would be some steps, and there would be one room. Some house had a guest room attached to it, and the guest room would be the inn. This is not an inn like of a hotel, but the Bible wants us to know that the guest room was full. Why was the guest room full? Well, there's a census out. Everyone had to come back to the town to register for taxation purposes. So all the houses are full, everyone's full. And the reason I want you to know this is because I don't want you to think that because they walked up and here's Mary who's pregnant and Joe's not the dad, right? I mean, could you imagine that? She's a teenage girl. She's engaged and engagement was legally a, a, a marriage. The first year of engagement, you would live apart you would not have sex with each other. You would stay in your own separate places. After a year, now you can actually follow through where you're intimate with one another. They're separated at this time, but they're engaged, which means if Joseph really wanted to leave Mary, he would have to file a certificate of divorce because they're legally already married, but that was the custom. Could you imagine you're a teenage girl and you walk up to your fiance, um, I'm pregnant and you're not the baby's daddy. In fact, God's the Father. Think through that. Would that sit well with you? We're going to talk a little bit about that in Christmas. You don't want to miss all that, all, all that stuff. But I, I want you to note this. People in Bethlehem are not being mean to Joe because he put the cart before the horse. They're not being mean to Joe going, we heard about your story and you've been sleeping around with people, Mary, no vacancy here. No, that, that, that's not the story that sometimes people portray. He goes to a hotel and the innkeeper won't let him in. That is not. He would have been welcomed. That's what Luke wants us to know. He's a descendant of King David in King David's city. He would have been treated with dignity and respect and royalty. But he gets to the house and the guest room's full. Why? It's late at night. People are already in the room. They're there for the taxations, for the census. And so now Jesus was lying in the manger. You know why there's a manger? Because there's a manger in the house. This is where the animals will stay down on this section here. 
That's the only place they had to lay. So I don't want you to picture this, and that's just a little quick Bible study. I don't want you to picture there's a hotel and a motel holiday inn, and, and Jesus was out like in a field, and there was nothing but just a manger and outside freezing death and not. No, no, no. They were treated well. They were welcomed well because of their lineage. That's what Luke wants us to know. And they were in this first century house. The inn was nothing but a guest room attached to it. Just a little Bible study as you think through the story. Um, a lot of times the nativity scene is wrong and all that jazz, but that, that's okay. It, it's good for uh, selling gids, gidgets and gadgets and stuff. But this is not a normal hotel. Verse 8, now there were shepherds nearby living out in the field. You see, that's where they live, out in the field, keeping guard over the flock at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were absolutely terrified. And so would you. You would be scared to death. You just sit there, mind your business, you know, taking care of the sheep, and bam, here's these angels all around you. And this is our theme for the entire series. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Listen carefully. We'll get back to that just in a moment. For I proclaim to you good news. You know what good news is? Jesus came, he died, he got up out of the grave. If you call upon his name, he'll forgive you of all your sins, bypass hell, and take you to heaven. That's good news. Like that's shouting news. So the angel says, I'm going to bring you good news. And here it is. Here it is. This is the Christmas cheer. This is it. This is it. That brings great joy. That brings great cheer to your heart and your soul. To all people. Everybody say all. You know what all means? The family members that you're going to be hanging out with in two weeks. All people. Today your Savior is born in the city of David. See, he wants us to know this is David's city. He is Christ's. The Lord. Folks, listen, so many people miss Christmas and they miss Christmas cheer and they miss Jesus. And there are some things that will cause us to miss true Christmas cheer, true, true Christmas joy in our life. And I want to walk you through these things. There's a few of them so that you don't miss Christmas this year, that you don't miss what God wants to do in your heart and you don't miss what God wants to speak to you and say to you this year. Here's the first thing and one of the biggest things that will keep you from missing Christmas. If you want to write this down, is this, busyness. Busyness will keep you from missing, will keep you, will help you obviously miss Christmas because you were so busy. You see, that's what happened in Bethlehem. People were traveling. They were going house to house. They were connecting with people, family members, friends, census, registering for their taxes. And they were so busy, they were so crowded that there wasn't even room in the guest room for a woman who is pregnant about to give birth because they were so busy and so crowded. Does that sound familiar? How many of us right now, we're going to be so busy over the next couple weeks? We're going to be so crowded with things over the next coming? Some of you right now, you already dread the next two weeks. Like you already dread the business that are coming. Why? Because your drunk uncle has a new girlfriend and mama's already upset. <laughs> am I the only one who has a jacked up family around here? Or am I telling you speaking truth? And now you're already sitting there going, you're already arguing. No, we're only going to stay one night with your mom. No, I already told mom we stay three nights. No, we're staying just one night, honey. I'll cut you off. You know what I mean? You're already, right? You're already arguing, right? And some of you, if you're like me, you come from, you know, a, a divorced family. So now you got to go to two sets of parents and four sets of grandparents. And now you're trying to figure out how you get it. All. You're already arguing on how you're going to travel between three states to visit everybody. Don't you sit there like you got your halo on. You know who I'm preaching to, right? And we're already planning the business and we're already missing. And we're not joyful. 
In fact, you're already arguing over these things in your life. And this don't bring joy. This doesn't definitely don't bring cheer because you're already busy. You're busy. And listen, busyness will crowd out Jesus in your life. Don't miss Jesus because you're so busy doing good things. You know, the people who came back to Bethlehem, they weren't doing bad things. They were here doing, following the law, doing what it's supposed to, figuring out the, the census. They were visiting family and friends. They were having a good time. This ain't bad things, but they, listen, they were so busy they missed that Jesus. They knew the scripture. They knew someday that the Bethlehem would be put on the map again because the Messiah was going to come. They knew this. People, they were so busy. Folks, businesses will keep you from experiencing Christmas cheer. Don't be so busy that you miss Jesus. And true joy, because you've got to get everything in and plan everything in your life. Don't let business keep you from doing it. Here's the second thing that would keep you from experiencing Christmas joy and cheer. Familiarity. So many of you are so familiar with the Christmas story. You're like, come on, man. It's like the 40th year I've been celebrating Christmas. I know Christmas. I know Jesus came. He lived in the manger and blah, 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 blah. And there were three wise men. Well, that's fake. There's more than three wise men. There was only three gifts. There's probably 200 wise men that showed up. But there's three wise men. The nativity sings all. I'm all familiar with it. I know. And angels came and hark the herald. Angel sings and silent. Now, I, I know. Okay, I'm so familiar with the story. And the thing is, you can be so familiar with Jesus that you miss it. You can be so familiar with Christmas because you celebrate the same thing, the same routine, you do a thing, you go to the Christmas play, y'all, 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 you go, it's the same food, same banquet, same stuff, same present, you re-gifted last year, come on, I'm preaching to somebody now, right? And it's the same thing, and you're so familiar, and when you get so familiar with something, you take it for granted. That's a good marriage counseling right there. We'll save that for February. But you're so familiar with something, you take it for granted. You ever notice that the religious people were not invited to the birth of the Savior? The religious people, the one who knows the Bible's backwards and forwards, who's sitting here waiting, studying the law, studying the text, waiting for baby Jesus to come, waiting for the Messiah to come. Do you know that none of them were invited to the birth? When you think the religious people would have been invited, they're the ones who study of the Scriptures night and day. They're the ones who are waiting for the Messiah to be here and understand the, all the nuances of the text for it to happen. But then all of a sudden, the wise men from the east follow a star. Now, we don't know what the star is. The star could have been a star. The star could have been a comet. In fact, today I'm going to the Christmas light show on campus. I don't know if you've ever been to that, but it's so good. Not the light show, but the history of the lights. And they talk about the planetation. They talk about how these three planets around the time Jesus was born were almost completely lined up. And it was a massive. It could have been a big star. We, we don't know. It could have been just the Holy Spirit who guided the Israelites and the forest. I mean, the desert stopping but we didn't know it moves because it stopped where jesus was so something these astronomers these astrologists studying the stars know something was different and the wise men came from the east they came from afar how how did they know to do that well if you go back a few hundred years later remember there was a guy named daniel thrown in the lines then daniel he was now put over all the wise men because he was faithful and guess what he taught the wise men there's going to come a day the messiah is going to come he's going to save the world look for him they have been looking and waiting for a hundred years for jesus for the hundreds of years for the messiah to be born and now the star is there by the time they find jesus he's almost two years old the wise men were not at his birth the shepherds were but not the wise men because they came so many miles away to try to find the messiah jesus so they walk into jerusalem they walk into king herod's office king herod hey we're here to find the king of the jews king herod said oh, i'm the king of the jews what are you talking about we heard that he's born we saw his star what does king herod do he calls the religious people in 
He brings them in. We see in Matthew chapter 2. Here's what he says. And when Herod caught all together all the people and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them, hey, these kind of like crazy dressed up people over here, these wise men bearing gifts, some high and all this stuff over here. Hey, they're here saying some baby Jesus being born, some Messiah, king of the Jews. What's up? What's the Bible say about this? And King Herod, and they told him, well, the Bible says he'll be born in Bethlehem, Judea. That's what was written. For hundreds of years, we've been studying the text, waiting for the Messiah to be born. And this is what's crazy. The religious people didn't do nothing about it. Now, come on. You've been studying your whole life, night and day, Jesus. You've been praying, God, bring them aside. God delivers from Rome. God, bring them aside. God delivers from Rome. God, bring them Show us, show us the Messiah. You've been seeking and searching. You know the Bible backwards and forwards. You've memorized the law. You have them all quoted. And all of a sudden, some homeboy shows up with a caravan of gifts going, uh, we saw the star. We're looking for the Messiah. And you don't do nothing? Folks, listen, Bethlehem was just five miles away from Jerusalem. Yes, it took some time to get there on the donkey. Don't get me wrong, though. You can't just hop, skip, and get over there. Five miles a day trek, you could go and check for yourself. Could it be? But the religious people were so familiar with the story of the Messiah, they missed it. They missed it. And so many people are so familiar with the story of Jesus, you'll miss it this Christmas. You're so familiar with it that you will miss what he wants to do in your life. You see, Jesus, it's the fast thing. He's not all about religion. He's about a relationship. The religious people missed it. And I'm telling you what, you can turn the Christmas lights on all you want and still be in the dark. And you miss it. Because your mind is blinded or your mind is dark or you miss it from just ignorance. Don't let familiarity keep you from experiencing true Christmas this season. Here's the third thing. Pride. Pride. Pride will keep you from missing. Pride will cause you to miss Christmas joy. Pride will cause you to miss Jesus. You're busy, you're familiar, or you have pride. You see, King Herod, he wasn't a Jew, but he was over the Jews. He wanted to be the Messiah. He wanted to be the king of the Jews. He was so afraid that someone would take his throne. This is crazy, y'all. I mean, this guy was off his rocker. You're talking about psycho. This guy was psycho. I mean, he was crazy. He had his wife killed. He had his own mother killed. He had two of his sons killed because he thought he would overthrow him and take him. Listen, there were so many more. On the day he died, he gave, a, he gave a word out to go kill the most influential people in the city so that the day that he died, people will mourn and cry in the city. Psycho. Cray cray. This guy's crazy. And he goes, hey, go find baby Jesus. And when you find him, let me know. I want to come and worship him. He wouldn't want to worship him. He wanted to kill him. He was after him, even this babe. Because his heart was so full of pride and fear. Watch this. He wanted to be the king in his heart. If you could peel back your heart right now and look, who's sitting on the throne of your life? You know why some of you will miss Christmas? It's because you want to be king. You want to be in control. You want to be the Lord of your life. Lord of your direction. Lord of your future. Lord of your finances. Lord of your family. You want to be the king. There's not room for two kings. Herod was not willing to humble himself and worship the king of kings. He wanted to be king. And listen to me, your busyness, being so familiar with the Christmas story, or watch this, or pride, will keep you from truly experiencing Christmas joy and experiencing Jesus in your life. Don't let that be you. Don't 
miss it. So how do I do this? Pastor, what do I need to do not to miss Christmas? Like not to miss the joy, not to miss Jesus, who is our joy, not to miss the Christmas cheer. Like what do I need to do, right? Because isn't the application part, that's what we get down to? Well, I think we can learn a lot from, you remember little kids as your parents and you're learning like how you cross the road? How do you cross the crosswalk? Remember what you teach kids? What do you tell them to do? Stop, look, and listen. So simple, yet so profound. In fact, those three things, if you will do that this Christmas, you won't miss it. In fact, that's the first thing. Here's the first thing I want you to stop. You need to stop. You need to stop being so busy. Stop being so, filling your life with all these less important things and you miss the main thing. You need to slow down. That doesn't mean you don't go to family and friends and travel. That's great. But please be cautious of knowing that so busy, being so busy can cause me to miss Jesus can cause me to miss Christmas cheer in my life. So I got to stop filling my life with all these meaningless things. I need to, watch this, slow down. Maybe the Psalmist 39 writes this, we are merely moving shadows. Do you feel like that? In and out, no one can see me. Jump in there, jump in there, get to that meeting, get to that banquet, get to that uh, food, get to that family members, get to, watch this. All of our busy rushing ends and nothing. Nothing. You see, busyness will fill your calendar, but it will fracture your family. And what happens, the things we're fighting for, we actually fight against because we are so busy. That's why the psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. The problem is we can't be still because we're so busy. I think that's the reason why the angels appeared to the shepherds, because they only did what God told them to do. Do you know that being a shepherd was like the lowliest in society? It's the lowest class of society. Like, they didn't even have class. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, you got like lower class, middle class. They had no class. Like, they're the lowest of the lowest. And all of a sudden, the angels appear to them. I can't prove this, but here's why I believe why. It's because they were slowed down. They were just sitting there watching sheep, minding their business. And the angels appear to them. I believe this. God will always speak to anyone who will slow down to be willing to listen to him speak. And the problem is we don't slow down. We won't stop long enough just to slow down to, look, to hear him. The second thing, remember, is look. Is look. You're so familiar with the story, but could you stop for a moment and just look? And maybe God wants to do something fresh and anew in your life. Could you stop for a moment and say, God, look, I want to I I see. What do you have for me? I love this. Herod did get something right. He said this. Herod sent them to Bethlehem and said this in Matthew 2 8 go and look carefully for the child see some of you are so familiar with Christmas you're not looking carefully you're so familiar with the story why don't you stop and say maybe God has something new for me maybe God wants to show something fresh to me I believe the Bible is living and active and it wants to speak into your life. I don't care how many times you celebrate Christmas. I don't care how many times you've heard the Christmas story. It's the same story, right? Jesus came. He was born of a virgin. Yes, we celebrate that. All right, let's go. But there's something I believe new that God wants to show you every time in that story. I think it's fascinating. The wise men come from afar looking for something new. They've been studying his signs, but now the signs come. And now they come from afar looking for something new. 
<laughs> you know, my sons, I got, my sons are crazy, man. They're so much fun. Uh, they're always telling jokes and, and doing all these crazy things. And they said, Daddy? I said, yeah. He said, you know why the wise men smell like smoke? I'm like, well, they didn't vape. Um, they didn't smoke. Why did the wise men smell like smoke, son? He said, because they come from afar. And <laughs> hey, that's funny, y'all. I don't care who you are. That's funny. That's funny. That's funny. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use that someday, right? Pull out the pocket. Bam, there it is. I'd use it. So that, that, that was, that, I'll give them credit. That, that was a good one. That was a good one. They were seeking something new. Jeremiah the prophet says this, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. That's the theme of 2020. That's the theme going into the new year. God, we will seek you and we will find you. We will be in position waiting for you to speak to us because we're going to seek you with all of our heart. That's what we do in January. And then third, listen. Listen, right? Stop. Stop being so busy. Look, don't be so familiar with the story. Jesus wants to speak something new in your life this year. Look, and then listen. Listen to what he wants to say to you. Go back to our theme verse, Luke 2. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. Listen. Listen. Are you listening? Listen, because I'm going to proclaim to you good news that brings great joy. I want great joy. Listen. Listen to Jesus, and let's do whatever he asks us to do and obey him. When he tells us to go visit with our family and share our faith with our family, share your faith. He wants you to talk about, talk about him. Like, okay, I'll listen, do whatever he tells me to do. And if I'm obedient, he says, I will experience joy. We talked about that last week. If we will stop long enough, look hard enough, and listen intently, John 10, 10, listen, you know what it says, right? The enemy comes to steal, come to joy. But Jesus says, I've come that you can have a full life. I've come that you can have a better life than you've ever dreamed of. Folks, that's what I want for you. Don't miss Christmas. Don't miss Jesus. Don't miss it. Don't be so busy. Don't be so familiar. Don't have so much pride built up in your heart. Listen. Stop. Look. And listen. I'm asking you to bow your heads. What's keeping you from experiencing Jesus this Christmas? At both of our locations and everybody watching online, what's keeping you from experiencing Jesus? Could it be that you're so busy? Well, you could, that's your choice. You could slow down. Could it be that you're so familiar? Okay, maybe I'm familiar with it. Let's stop and relook at it. Or could it be that you have pride in your heart and honestly, you don't know Jesus? And you want to be the Lord of your life. You want to be the King of your life. And you're threatened by anything that you have to surrender and say, King Jesus, I submit it to you. You know, the greatest gift you can receive is the gift of salvation. That's the greatest gift that you can receive in your entire life. Who would neglect such a great salvation? The Bible says today is that day of salvation. And if you're watching online or at one of our locations, you're ready to say, you know what, I, I don't want to be the king of my life anymore because it, when I'm in control of my life, it usually ends up in the wrong place. And today, as best as I know how, I'm going to yield it. And I'm going to bow down. And I'm going to worship that King of Kings, that Lord of Lord, the Messiah. How do I do that? And here's what the Bible says. That if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart 
that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. Who would neglect that salvation? If that's you, right where you sit, watching online, driving down the road, doesn't matter. Right now, you can cry out to Jesus. Saying a prayer will not save you, but your lips can proclaim what your heart declares. And if your heart declares that Jesus is the Lord, then come on, confess it. Say this. If that's you and you're ready to give your life to Jesus, you want to surrender your life, say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me 2,000 years ago. I believe you died for me. I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And as best as I know how, right now I surrender my life to you. Please forgive me of my sin. Now help me follow you all the days of my life. I just really believe that there are several of you prayed this with me. You've given your life to Jesus. You received the greatest gift of your life. If that was you, I want you to do something pretty bold real quick. If that was you, would you be so willing to say, Pastor, I'll let you know, that baby in the manger became the Lord of my life today. That Savior you just talked about is now my Savior. That one that was born in Bethlehem, that Messiah, I'm going to believe that He is my King and He is my Lord. If that's you and you pray that with me today, I just want you to raise your hand real quick. Come on, get it up. Get it up. Anybody else? Come on. Don't be embarrassed. Celebrate. What a Christmas joy. Come on. Come on. Way to go, guys. Way to receive that Christmas joy. You didn't miss Christmas this year. He just came to you. Folks, listen, I can't save you. The church can't save you. Only Jesus can. And for you to raise your hand, you know what that means? At least here at the Moria campus. We saw eight people just raise their hand. Come on now, somebody needs to give God some praise on that. So here's what we're going to do. I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to stand and we'll pray. And as we leave here today, we're going to leave here rejoicing. Because salvation has delivered. Salvation has visited the house. And for every one of you, raise your hand. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to our next step area. We have a Bible, some resources we want to give you. So come on, would you pray with me? Come on, let's go. God, thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for your grace. It's your bread, Lord, that gives us breath as we sing to you. So God, as we lift this up, I pray you continue to pour out your spirit in your people. God, you continue to save people. And you continue to move in our lives. We love you, Jesus. For your name we ask and we pray. Come on out. Let's sing. Thanks for joining us online today. If while watching this message, you were led to take a next step or made the decision to start following Jesus, we would love to celebrate with you. Let us know on our website at betterlife.church slash next steps. To stay connected throughout the week, download the Better Life app and consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or podcast. Lastly, if you would like to support what God is doing through this ministry, you can give online at betterlife.church slash give now. We're praying you have a great week and hope to see you again soon.